You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Hello, Sid Talk. Welcome to this fine October evening. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Question. This is not part of the before the after the show discussion. That was this movie, some themes in this movie, what's for supper, etc. Question. I'm looking at a rebel flag. One's got red and one's got orange. What's the difference? A rebel flag. Not rebel. Yeah, the rebel. The rebellion flag. So, you know what I'm saying? Star Wars, rebellion, hello. You mean like the logo? Yeah. One's orange, one's red. It depends what movie you're looking at. Okay, well, I'll just get both. And I'm playing The Sims, that's why I'm asking. Because, you know, I want to hang the banner. It's mostly red, though, (laughs) I believe. I got it. Got it. Got it, got it. End of the opening discussion. (laughs) All right, so it's Saturday, October the 9th. This is after the show 705. We're a movie review podcast, and every week we look at a new movie. And this week's new movie is The Green Knight. It's a 2021 release. You can get it this upcoming Tuesday on 4K, Blu-ray, digital, or you can stream it. It's rated R, and it's from one of my favorite studios, A24 and Lionsgate. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of The Green Knight. Hmm. A guy goes on a journey to find some honor and may or may not find it. It's in like, is it medieval? Yes. Okay. King Arthur stuff. It's King Arthur's nephew. There's a poem apparently about this that I'm unaware of until today. And so it's basically man versus man, man versus himself, kind of a journey. Correct. And I'll give you the, (laughs) this is the one off the box. It says, a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Gawain, or Gawain. Gawain is what they kept saying. And the Green Knight. Again. That's that's presuming you know what that is. Yeah, you know what I really <laughs> liked about this movie? That it didn't try and sell itself saying it's a King Arthur movie True. or anything to do with it. It actually operates on its own, I think. I don't think you need to know that story. Uh, I agree. In fact, probably better you don't know the story because you, you're not expecting anything, right? True. I feel that that was I better. just kind of let it... What did that person say? You just let it wash over you? I agree with that. Yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, the reason I didn't even know it was based on this poem, but it puts in big letters on the screen. What does it say? An interpretation of... Yeah. And then it says the poem's name. In my mind, it rang a bell. I was like, oh, that was a poem from school. But then you're like, I don't really remember it. But the only thing I remember is spoilers from a poem that is how old? Uh, Let's see, 1400s? Yeah. Well, there you go. So if you haven't read it yet, 600 years. But the only thing that stuck in my mind was there was a beheading. That actually doesn't spoil anything, but there's a beheading. <laughs> and that's all I could remember apart from the journey, like in the the Lord, let's say. It's like Gulliver's Travels, but with beheading. And I, I've never read Gulliver's Travels. I've only ever seen television and movie interpretations, so maybe there are beheadings. I, uh, I've always loved of. the story of Gulliver's Travels. I think it's a really cool story. What about this story? What did you think of this movie? I love this movie. A24 again, knocking it out of the park. Being the production company, right? Are yeah. they the distributors, the production company? They're the distributors. So they're the ones who go and buy the movies. Like uh, go to a film festival and see this movie and go, ooh, 
This is Got a movie it. we love. And then, you know, publish it under their label. And they haven't missed for me. Everything we've seen that's A24 I've been into. There must be somebody who works for A24 who just has my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I'm explaining to my nephew, you know, you're never the only one. Never. Never, 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 never. All right, so The Green Knight, what did you like about it? What specifically? I mean, a lot. I was totally in the world. I bought it. I felt like the sound and kind of the grunge of it. I mean, it may not have been fully grungy enough. It was kind of movie grunge for the day, you know. I said, I feel like everybody smells bad because they probably did. But I got that feeling. So I was in the world. I really love kind of the weirdness, but I always like weirdness. I love the story. I think it's it's not a new story, right? Obviously, not just because it was written in 1400s, but I mean, it's forever a human story, right? From the man's point of view, from a man in a culture's point of view, where they are forced by the culture around them to prove themselves or to be something somehow. And it's just so subjective and difficult to figure it out that they're challenged. Yeah. I like that. I don't know. I was, once I'm in the world and I'm feeling like I hear all the sounds of the hooves of the horses and the branch scratching across his face and kind of the hollow sounds of reality, even the rain sounded right, you yeah, know, instead of like movie rain. So I feel like that was the number one thing that just held my hand and pulled me along. And then I just... I was really into it. And then when she did her part, oh, my God, I was totally, totally hooked. When well, she gave, gave the green part, oh, my goodness. Let's give the loose what it's about, because we not really said, apart from it's based on a poem. Oh, but, you want me to? Well, I, I can. Okay. King Arthur's nephew is featured in this poem, and it's Christmas time. The king, you know, the knights of the round table are doing the round table stuff, whatever they do, drinking, drinking mead, eating Chicken, whatever they do. <laughs> KFC. Got Just it. Just hanging out. I got it. And the Green Knight turns up and he says, you know, he's a, in this movie, he's depicted almost like a living tree, aka Groot. Yes, I am Groot right? for sure. 100% yeah. Groot. Yes. So he turns up, he's menacing, and he's on his horse. He brings his horse into the dining room and he says, you can say what he said. Well, he lays down, he says, there's a game. Christmas game is. Right now, somebody has to volunteer to battle me. Whatever you inflict on me right now, that's fine. I'll walk away. But in one year from today, you will come to me at the green... What's it called? They said it like 500 times. Glade? Chapel. Chapel. The green chapel. The green chapel. And I will then in turn inflict the same to you. And even in the instructions, he says, it can be a nick. Or, you know, you can gut me completely or basically chop off my head or whatever. But whatever you do to me, when you come to me, I get to do the same to you. And then we part. He says, we part or I will walk away. Yeah. And the, the game is over. The rules are incredibly clear. And our guy that when we meet him, we're suppo it's supposed to be implied that he's a bit of a mm, loser, kind of a ladies man and drinking all the time and... You know, I mean, he's not great. He's not a great guy, apparently. No. And so the idea is all of a sudden he volunteers to do this challenge. Now, that was the weakest point for me because I wasn't convinced why he was doing that or that he 
cared about this situation. I don't know. It was weird. I didn't understand why he. You would need volunteer. to go back to the fourteen hundreds and correct. Ask about the poem. Yeah, because <laughs> in the movie they do not depict him enough. There's not even one line of dialogue that he says to someone or someone says about him that this guy, this man, needs to prove himself. That he never says. All I want is to be honorable or what I want is to be part of my uncle's realm of the round table. None of that is spoken at all. Not even hinted at. If it was hinted at, I'd be cool with that. But it wasn't. So all the knights of the round table are there. This green group comes in and they all just stand there like uh, looking around like, oh, hey, how's how's that trip you and your kids took? Like they literally just did not want to participate. Let me let me get this straight, though. The guy is imposing and scary. Yeah, he's supposed to be he's a, supernatural. Tall. Right. But they're also there to protect the king. They are knights of the realm, right? And they also, everybody believes in magic in this world. Everybody understands there's magic, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Merlin was there even. Merlin was at the table. Was he? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't catch that. But that was my only weakness was that I wasn't convinced why this character, when we've seen him for about four minutes, five minutes or whatever, right? It hasn't been very long once we get to the round table would volunteer, or why the king is so interested in his nephew, which also kind of freaked me out a little bit because sometimes I had this glimmer of a horrible thought. Okay, here's the deal. I'm adding this. I'm making this up, so don't anybody go with this. But So Gowan's mother is the king's sister. Then the king is old and dying. There's another thing, right? The king and queen are like old and they look like they're just on death's door. They look like they got a disease. (laughs) Yes, I think they've got like scurvy or something. I don't know. That was my making that up. But all of a sudden he goes and invites the nephew to sit next to him at the round table or whatever. And the nephew's like, why? And then he's like, I apologize for not having had you on my knee or taught you anything. On my side. Yeah, as a thing. And then he touches his face real gentle and he's looking at him all lovingly. And I'm thinking like, ew, he's not his son, is he? Hey, maybe he With is. With his sister? Then I was just like, ew. But I mean. Then I had to let it go because later there's a weird scene with another woman who's sort of like being his mother and he's excited about it. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on. But I had to let that go because that again, I added that in. No All one right, get said that. All right, get back to what's going on here. Right. So what's going on is I'm at the point of him agreeing to do the challenge. Yes. Right. So he. Takes on the challenge. Spoiler alert. He doesn't just nick the guy. Well, he kind of nicks him. And then his head falls off. And then that's it. Groot picks up his own head and says, with his severed head, I'll see you in a year. Like, kind of wink, wink, you know? And then a year passes in a minute in the movie. Yeah, then the year's gone. And now it's time for him to go. And again, for some reason, it's not told to us in story form. So you just have to imagine that this guy wants to be honorable so much that he's now going to, because no one explains what's going to happen if he doesn't go, right? What if you just ignore it? No one says. No. All it means is, essentially, you're a chicken shit, right? You've laid down this challenge and now you refuse to go face, face I mean, your fate. I mean, maybe whatever. something horrendous happens if you don't go. Yeah, but we don't know. Nothing no. is even hinted at it, so he's just going to go. So then his journey is this thing where it sort of tears him down. Obviously, he meets interesting It's a road trip. Yeah, it really is, where he has to go through his gauntlet of sorts, you know, man versus himself. So, like, every character he meets is, like, a weird challenge to him. 
And it's it's a little fuzzy with why and how he ends up deciding to either let the guy chop his head off or not, right? Mm -hmm. He's been through a whole bunch of shit. We get it. But then in the end, he has a vision of what his life will be if he runs away. Which was very fun. It was very fun. It was like, I was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but oh, God, because he's a chicken Cause, shit. Because you're watching this this guy who's a chicken shit go through the, the motions of right. being a king that nobody likes. And we, I forgot to mention, his mother makes him a belt, a green belt. In this world, she's a witch, and she puts like a spell on this little thing that's sewn in the belt and says... No harm will ever come to you as long as you wear this, right? right? So he's wearing the belt. When he runs away, he chickens out from getting his head chopped off. And then in the vision he has of the future, he's always wearing the belt. So mm -hmm. as the king, he ditches the lady that we see him with, you know, the nice lady that we like in the beginning, and he's real shitty to her. He obviously marries a woman who's just for politics, right? Yeah. But the whole time he's wearing the green belt, and in the end, everyone turns against him. He has castles getting raided. His wife takes off. His son is dead. All this stuff. Then whoop, we zip back to his face when he's on his hands and knees, when the guy's about to chop off his head before he runs away. And he's like, oh, okay, that was just a vision of the possible future. Yeah, the, the consequence of just being a coward and not doing yeah, going through. Yeah, so then he pulls off the green belt and says, okay, now I'm ready. It's very mixed signals there, right? Like, does... I don't know. It's You have to interpret it yourself. But if he knew the whole time, I don't know. You yeah. have to just watch it. And it's very jumbled if you start to really talk about all these themes. And you read me the original poem, which is none of that. No, the original poem's pretty simple. Yeah. And it's, you know, 10 paragraphs. And it's, yeah, it's not any of that. A guy turns up, he chops his head off, he agrees to go back a year later, goes back a year later, and what in the poem? Uh, he goes back in the poem. He goes back a year later. Here's the actual bit of the poem. And then since I had kept the trust, had loved the lady yet was true, the knight withheld his giant thrust and let me go with what I knew. So he just let him go. So his vision of his future as a coward, is how we're interpreting it, is not appealing to him. Right. So once he agrees to let the guy chop his head off, that symbolizes him being a quote-unquote real man. Man, yeah. Yeah, the green knight then like winks at him like, good job, that was the test. You yeah. passed, I'm not going to chop your head off. <laughs> right, which I is... I mean, it's really good though. And then all the mixed stuff in there. While that sounds like that could be like an action movie or something, it is not. It's an artistic, mm -hmm. it's more of an art house, small indie kind of movie. It's not a giant Marvel thing. It's not people no, whopping each other's heads No, but that set, up. man, that set, that the round table set, I was even, at the time, I was like, wow, this is No, I mean, it's cool be, yeah. looking. Yeah. I don't 100% agree that it's always cool looking. I think there are some badly lit scenes, if I had to diss on some stuff. I thought about that, but then what I realized was there's like a good mixture. There's right. a really good balance, because you get a lot of daylight scenes, fog scenes, nighttime scenes, then you're in this little shack in the woods there's some light and there's somebody some artistic person there saying look there would be no light here we got the light coming in the window and i get that because since it wasn't throughout the whole movie yeah. i was okay with that one there That's was the some one I think was dark. dark and foggy scenes which get a bit like murky where you're like True. what am i even looking at right now apart from murk <laughs> yeah but because it wasn't chronic yeah I feel like it was okay. But I liked the art design of the whole thing. 
and it uses color a lot, like it changes the color of things because it's the green knight. But mostly they don't use green at under, they, they're using other colors. There's a part where it goes all red, there's a part where it goes all yellow. It's artistic. If you've seen this director's other artistic movie, A Ghost Story, you'd kind of know what to expect. It's slow moving, right? It's not a big action-packed extravaganza. Sure. He goes along this journey on the road and he bumps into people every five, ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then he has a little, like, almost like an episode with each person, doesn't he? Like, uh, this is this week's episode of a show. Like, it's a little thing happens on each one. Yeah. But they're all really, like, either supernatural or very weird. Like the time when he takes some mushrooms. I mean, I think he's just hungry and he eats some mushrooms and then... All. And you're like, whoa. And then, sees, were the giants real or were they not real? That's the I'm question. saying not real and he was under the influence there. <laughs> because even the fox was under the influence because he fed the fox some mushrooms too. True. There's a talking fox in this movie. Oh, yeah. Forgot Did we about mention that? Forgot <laughs> about that. I didn't see a talking fox in the poem. So, so it's an artistic, rough interpretation of a poem that is very short in the first place. So I have say, a feeling the poem that you read wasn't the whole thing because that guy said in the original text, there is a character that the Lord sends with him on his journey. And you didn't get any of that. There was none of that in the part in the little poem that you read. It says that this is the full poem, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. But remember the director Unabridged. said the original thing had the Lord guy who was... You know, yeah, the, the Lord guy's in it. Yeah. He's, he's right here in the poem. He's uh, this part here. And did he? It said he sent someone with him. And then, since I had kept the trust, I'd loved the lady. It was true. This part here mm-hmm. is the Lord. But yeah, you're right. It's a story that a lot of British. Maybe I wonder if British school kids still learn that poem because it's a cool poem. So it why, is. you know, and it's part of English folklore. So why wouldn't you? But you've never heard of it, right? So no. Why Americans gonna? I barely know anything about Arthur guy. You didn't do a King Arthur thing in no. school? or No, you wouldn't, would you? Why would you? Why would you do British history? <laughs> well, the British history was we escaped from England. There you go. That's like I mean, the... <laughs> I mean King Arthur's not even That's a like thing. That's like the whole British history we got. Well, I'm saying about history. King Arthur's not actually history. It's like a myth, like a yeah. story. So it's not like it all happened. <laughs> but we call it history. I guess, what would it be? It'd be like history of prose wouldn't it have written mm, stuff it's just like harry potter just fiction yeah because people you know it was shitty and people needed something they needed the next marvel movie didn't they to, to read oh yes and we're oh we're still doing that so that's <laughs> great I mean, we, it's exactly that isn't it they had to escape from the horrible plague infested streets and all that shit back in the listen day listen to you Is yeah it sounds like today <laughs> i really enjoyed it i definitely had some Problems with uh, some murkiness, like I said, occasionally. Yeah. I, un- I could understand. I'm like, oh, yeah, this room is a room that would only have one torch in it. We're talking medieval times. But I'm not really seeing what's a bit of the Game of Thrones situation where you're like. Well, no, no, no. I disagree because the Game of Thrones, they just did the whole fucking thing like that. And that is what made it. Cr- it made no, it, I'm just it saying in fatigue. parts. Yeah, but only in parts. That's totally different yeah. than I feel like it was appropriate uh, and the fog, the, there was a particular fog part where I was like, there's so much fog, it's very difficult to see. Made sense, because he was lost, and he was, like, coming out of this weird the thing, and so I feel like that made sense. But I did like So the, what I'm saying is you're wrong. I did like the set design, and I did like the costuming and everything. And the script is particularly good, I think. 
But there are whole long parts where nobody's saying anything, right? It's just walking. Oh, yeah. He might be walking just with the fox, or he might be going to sleep in a cave, or he might be just stumbling upon something where nobody's there. The part with the lady who, I don't know what that was about 100%, with the lady who wanted the head out of the water. Well, felt like a fable of some kind, right? It was sort of a reflection because her story was a man like him. And then she says, was it you? And he says, no. And then he's like, I don't think so. No, it wasn't me. She goes, basically, he raped her, cut her head off and threw it in the water. Right. In a little pond next to her house. And so it's him confronting the violence of that. And then later, another woman mentions lust versus, you know, like the green of life. And so that lust is what you really want in life, not like the green growth of real life and love. And so I think that was either him confronting a version of a man that he either is and we don't know about it or he doesn't want to be. And so he has to dive down. From the very brief part we see at the beginning, we know he's lustful because he's in the prostitute house. Yes. Just grabbing the women. And, sort of like an orgy going yeah. on there. He's having a bit of a grab and he's having a drink. And he's <laughs> then when his mum says, where have you been all night? He says he's been in the church. Correct. <laughs> so he is just a dick. <laughs> Complete dick. I guess what you were saying earlier is his backstory isn't enough, is it? It's very quick. Like it's like, oh. Very quick. Okay. So he's kind of a loser. He's into like prostitutes and booze. Also, his uncle is like the most heroic person in the entire world. He's basically Thor. He's with all the heroic knights of the round table. So how inadequate would he feel? I don't know, though. That's the thing. We don't get any of that. Yeah, but that's... The only thing is when the king says, come by my side, and he says, I don't think I'm worthy. Yeah. I mean, that... I mean, we, that's where you're like, end. well, he doesn't feel like he fits in with these yeah. heroes. I guess he that, but it doesn't feel like enough because he doesn't seem very contrite about it. He just seems kind of like, I'm not worthy. Yeah. Like, when I leave here, I'm just going back to the prostitute house, basically. Yeah. In fact, that's what, you know that that's what he's going to do, right? Yeah. He's just that guy, isn't he? Let's go on to the cast after we've talked about the movie. The cast is Dev Patel is our hero. Is he a hero? Isn't he a hero? Who knows? And he plays Guy Wen. What did you think of Death? Oh, that was good. I mean, there are times when it's a bit like theatrical, like when he's tired every time that he's tired, which is multiple times, right? Because he's going on a journey where he hasn't yeah. got enough food and beverage or whatever. The over-exaggerated Yawning. shoulder swan, like falling over, like flopping, flopping. It's a little bit much. Yeah, it's like play acting but a little just, bit. that's just little bits and pieces, so. I really like him, Dev Patel. Yeah, um, oh, you, I liked him overall. It's just a little bit of that going on. You remember what movie he's from, right? I don't. Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, yeah. Alicia Vikander. You remember what she's from, don't you? No. She's a Lara Croft in Tomb Raider. Oh, she is, yeah. I yeah. love how you quiz me and I, I, like <laughs> I don't know. And you don't know nothing. I don't know. She plays Essel and she's his girlfriend, well, he's not very good to her, though, is it he? It looks like she might be the prostitute that he goes to, the prostitute of and choice. And she wants something a bit more. Yeah, she wants to be his lady by his side and all that. And he just kind of is like, eh. Yeah, he's more like, I'm really just into going to the orgies. Can we just leave it at that? Yeah, That's but, pretty much but it's what... not said. He just says nothing. Yeah, nothing. Which When she basically know. asks him to marry her, essentially. It was so knows, sweet, but then For some not. reason, she knows he's going to be king, even though he's the nephew. Yeah. Because she says, someday when you are the king and I'll be your queen. And he's just like, hmm. 
He's, she Nothing. says, I would like no your heart, your hand, and your ear. Yeah. And, and it was really sweet what she said to him. And then he just blanked her completely. <laughs> Not only, yeah, and then later, really. Yeah. So she plays two parts, actually. Alicia, what did you think? Oh, I, I'm going to say that you thought she was the best thing. Yeah, because in that, oh yeah, definitely. Because that part where she does the little green part. It's, oh, a, it's I a speech. Have, I need that text because it's really good. I loved it. All right, tell the listeners what the what the, what you were talking about. Well, there's a part where she asks him, "Why is he? Why is it green?" Because he says the green chapel, and she's like, "Why is it green?" And he's like, "I don't know." And she's like, "Why it not red or blue?" And they're just like, "We don't know." And she then she goes on to give a very kind of creepy. Like a monologue, almost. Yes, and a very pointed and really meticulous, like tearing apart what green can symbolize, you know? Green symbolizes life and growth and, like, love, essentially, whereas what you're, when she's mentioned in there, what you really want is red, which is lust and, like, death and war. But green, we try to kill it all the time, you know? If it grows up around the path, we pluck it out. If it comes up where we don't want it, we try to kill it off and we abandon it when it's been planted or whatever. I think she's talking about like men have sex with women for lust and then when the baby's in there, that's that represents green, but they just take off and abandon. I mean, there's a whole bunch going on in there. And it, she was really intense about it. It was my favorite part. I think she described that as a gift she was given by the director when she was in the extras. She said he gave me a gift. One, I could do this. Oh, track. yeah. And, and then two... Part- I could do this long dialogue that was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Joel Edgerton plays the Lord. You, you all know. What's Joel Edgerton from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's from many things. Yeah, but many it, things. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think answer. of... What do you think of Joel as the Lord? Well, the Lord and the lady, lady. who he, find, the, he finds in the castle, they seem a little bit too good, Perfect. Too good to be true. Is the, yes. thing, is the thing about... You know where the Lord says to Gawain, you stay here for a few days and then you give me what you got, what you get from here, mm-hmm. which would be like the love of his wife. Like I, don't the think, lo- I don't think she's his wife. Or his woman or whatever. But when he wants to kiss him afterwards, is he taking it from him or something? It feels like that, but I wasn't 100% That's what I thought sure. it was. But yeah, it's in- open to interpretation. But it seemed like he'd lost a love and then he wanted it back somehow and he thought he could get it back from oh. her. Oh, gosh. I didn't even think of that. Well, that was the only thing I thought of. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. Th- didn't think of that. And then when he ki- when he gave him the kiss, it was trying to ingest it back in somehow. Cause, because... I got you. Mr. Green Knight guy had been a pilfering. Well, but not really. Because there was no... Uh, you know? Well... there was, yeah, You're just going to have to watch it for that part. Because it's hard to explain. And... It- <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's gooey, let's say. I'm almost 54, and I still don't want to say it, so there you go. It's a bit gooey. Oh, goodness. All right, we've also got Sarita Choundry as mother. She's the uh, mother of Dev Patel's character. Did you like her? She's a witch, isn't she? Yeah. I mean, she didn't do much, but... I do like that actress. Yeah, Yeah, she's good. Sean Harris and Kate Dickey are the king and queen, so they're actually King Arthur and Queen Guinevere, but it's never mentioned. They're just called king and queen, right? Like, this movie doesn't try and sell itself off the back well, of King Well, here's the Dan. deal. If I'd watched it and you didn't tell me anything about it, I wouldn't know anything Wouldn't the round table have given it away? No, it wasn't a round table. It was like a counter 
that yeah. was made into a circle. I think it was an Ikea um, So thing. it was not a table. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even have thought that because, like I said, King Arthur doesn't register with me at all. There's no... Even though you've seen multiple versions of nah, him in movies. Not mul- Maybe three. Two? Maybe? That is multiple. Yeah, but not a lot. So, no, <laughs> I wouldn't even have... Didn't occur to me, and I, I like, would never have guessed. I would just been like, oh, this creepy king has this nephew. And I'll tell you what I loved about the king and queen. I thought they were excellent. But mm-hmm. the queen, when she delivered the Green Knight's message as though she was possessed, mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. Oh, I thought it was kind of neutral on that. I really loved it. So we also got Ralph Innocent as the Green Knight. You will know him from... He's the, actual, he's the father from... The Witch. Like everyone has watched The Witch. An A24 movie <laughs> that we really love. We did, but it's not a crowd And he's also from <laughs> Game of Thrones, if you've heard of that one. I've heard of Game of Thrones, yeah. yeah. So sure, sure. Yeah, what, yeah, what sure. do you think of Ralph as the Green Knight? He was fine. I mean, I recognized him. I did too. And that was about it. I mean, the Green Knight had to put on a lot of makeup and prosthetic. And deliver some interesting dialogue. Delivered a little bit of, well, I mean, he's just explaining the game. That's about it. So it was good. It was fine. And show some personality through the uh A little makeup. bit. Let's not overstate it like the director did. Talking of director, this is directed by David Lowry. He uh, directed A Ghost Story. Which you love. Yeah. He's doing Peter Pan for Disney next. But he also did uh, The Old Man and the Gun, which is a Robert Redford movie that he made like two years ago, which I've not seen yet. It's like a heist movie, apparently, based on a real thing. And he also did Peach Dragon. I'd like to see what David Lowry did with Peach Dragon. You know, he's not, he doesn't seem like a mainstream movie maker, does he? Uh, no. So I don't know how Peach Dragon turned out, because I've never heard anything about it. He seems it came... pretty organized and, like, in charge. And he's, like, when they when you watch extras of him on the set, he's he knows what he's doing and what he wants. Like, I've never really seen him talk about stuff. You mean and I actually now? liked him more after watching that making of nice because he seemed like a person who is very into the art like i'm i'm gonna make this how i want to make it we're gonna figure it out between us all he didn't see, seem like he was i'm the guy who's doing everything true but he still seemed like the one everyone listened to right but uh, i liked his attitude he didn't seem like i don't know sometimes i can love a director or a movie and then we watch the extras and i'm like oh my god is that did that guy make this movie <laughs> yeah can't be doing with that guy <laughs> But now this, I hate the movie. But David, yeah, he really came across. I was like, yeah, he sounds like he's so into this. So there are extras on this Blu-ray, 4K disc, and it's a making of There's about 35 minutes. And it was pretty good, right? Yeah, it was very good. It showed you, like, the everything. It's like one of those from the old school days. So you get the on-set stuff, you get the wardrobe lady, you get the cinematographer, you, you get all the things. The music guy. Production designer. But, I mean, the music guy talks. There's no referencing any of his music or anything. He's just standing in a place, and then he's talking, and then that's it. I do have to mention the, the score is excellent also in this movie. It really adds mm-hmm. an atmosphere to the whole thing. It's like old medieval Renaissance fair music. But then every now and then, it sounds like, I don't know, like Moby is playing in the background (laughs) (laughs) or Skrillex turns up. Not everyone would agree that that's good, but I know (laughs) what you're saying. I liked it. It It's really cool. So IMDb reviews. What are those? Those are reviews on IMDb that humans, other people like us who watch a movie, 
log into their IMDb account. They make the effort. Don't forget, this is effort they're making to go on there and give a movie one star review. Often with one sentence. Waste of my time. Uh, Worst movie I've ever seen. Or uh, another man-hating movie. All right, these are the one-star people. Here we go. All right. This guy says, This is one of the very worst films I've seen in a long time. Impossibly arty. In an extremely dull and nothing happens kind of way. I can't stand it. Apparently the idea for this movie came from the director playing with his willow figurines in the back garden. And that certainly shows. That would have been a better movie than this. CG talking animals. All the actors are bored, you can tell, in brackets. And one good visual with a walking giant. I hate this film. Here, I'm going to give this person some credit because they they said a lot. That's more than a lot of one-star people do. This second guy says, This movie was so bad that I can't remember one worse than it. And the thing is, it's just that nothing happens when you're watching this film. Nothing happens. I mean, you just mentioned giants. Literally giants and a talking fox. Now this guy says, So boring, and to think that this one was inspired by a true exciting story. This guy must have read it at school and then just... And had those childhood memories of how great it was. That it was true also. Oh, right. (laughs) That was the part I was... (laughs) Emphasizing. (laughs) And this guy says, I lost the will to live after 15 minutes. I need my two hours back. Ah, there we go. There's a favorite. I always have to find that one. Yeah. So there you're one star reviews. I lost the will to live. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't want that to be how anyone feels, but... I mean, this movie... Sure, this movie... How how does this movie do that to you? You're you're fine. (laughs) You go in the cinema and then you're like, oh, shit. And of course, my argument is always, why don't you get up off your ass and stop watching it? It's extremely simple choice. Even if you paid, if you go complain to the manager who's probably about 17 years old at the theater, if it's in the theater, they'll probably be like, yes, sir, right away, sir. They'll give you your money back. Absolutely. I mean, you might not want to try it every week, but, you know. That's Sid Talks hack. Go and watch a movie, (laughs) say it was terrible, and get your money back. (laughs) Well, we got our money back once because, remember, they turned the lights on and the sound was really bad? Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, that was just shitty, though. Yeah. It was hard to watch the movie. Yeah. All right. So, they're the IMDb reviews. I'm going to give a conclusion to this movie. I'm going to give it a score. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Whoa. And I'm going to give it a 7.8. I think at A24, you know, we just watched Zola recently, which was awesome also. So what's next from A24? I don't know. Don't know. I but... mean, are you asking me because you think I know? <laughs> yeah. I don't. Well, I probably know more than you. Yes. Uh, I would not deny that. All right. Movie recommendations. I'm going on the theme of this movie. So I'm going with a ghost story, which is... David Lowry's first one. Who's in it? Casey uh, Affleck. Casey Affleck. And who's the lady? Don't remember. Me neither. So now I'm going to look it up. So you <laughs> fill in while I'm looking it up. <laughs> well, fill in by telling you what I'm doing right now. I'm playing The Sims and I'm creating a garden. Have you found her yet? I don't remember. And I should. It's oh, somebody. It's is somebody. It Mahoney. Who? Is it Mahoney? Is our name? I don't Michelle. know. I'm on the page now, though. It's Rooney Mara. 
Rooney Mara, right? Yeah, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Right. Yes. So I'm going with the ghost story, and my other A24 movie that I wanted to recommend is The Lighthouse. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> come on, what? You think <laughs> everybody should watch it? I think it is. It's Robert Pattinson and... Why do I always forget blank on his name? You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, kind of. The guy from the Boondock Saints, <laughs> Willem Dafoe. And they are acting their little hearts out in that movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is a tour de force of people yelling at each other a lot. It's awesome. It is. It's, it might make you really... I'll tell you how I felt watching that movie. Very stressed, nervous a lot. Oh, yeah. Because really it's stressed so like, out. It's like a claustrophobic two men just yelling at each other in a lighthouse. And it's bizarre. Yeah. And you have to, yeah. So those are mine, the lighthouse and ghost story. Oh, mine are. <laughs> I love that part when I forget what's going on. It's um, common. Mine are me going back to the 80s and just listing movies that I've seen. No quality implied. Do not infer. So two of the movies from 82, 83, I think, would be my favorite year. And First Blood. Very different movies. That's Mr. Rambo himself. Correct. Before he was really Rambo. Yeah, First Blood's very good. And then, what, Rambo gets progressively, like, worse? Intense. (laughs) He's not worse, I don't think. I don't know. Rambo 2 is pretty... It's kind of hard to watch now. It's so bad. It's almost... It feels like a really bad B-movie, but at Mm. the time, it was kind of pandering to everything of the time, wasn't it? True. So let's move on with a Scully stuff. And Sid Talk's going to love this one because I'm going to leave it to you. Are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. So this week, I finished, finally, Death Stranding, the director's cut. Mm Mm-hmm. 61 hours it took me to finish it, start to finish. That 61 hours took place over the course of like a year and three months, right? Yeah. Because I picked it up again halfway through. And then it ended, and Sid Talk is going to explain to you, spoilers, the story of Death Stranding start to finish in three minutes. Here she goes. (laughs) Three minutes? Dude, I'd have to write you a one-star review for this podcast. (laughs) I do not understand the story. All right, so just give give the brief outline and the then world is even if it up. doesn't make sense. The world is effed up. The only thing people have is that these delivery people go around and Daryl from The Walking Dead is one of the delivery people. And he's carrying stuff around. They start meeting people, sort of like an underground movement to connect everybody. I don't even understand. But then like he meets his mother, question mark, and she's the president. Then we find out she's not a person. She's like, (laughs) she's going to, should we spoil it though? Yeah. Okay. She's like an extinction entity, which means she's just here because of all the extinctions that have happened in the past. That's her deal is she's, I don't know, watching over to make it happen. But somehow she gets a conscience and she wants her son, this baby who died but didn't die, to live and save the world. I don't even understand. No, you, you, you're saying exactly then what is happening. there's like this thing where when somebody dies, they're connected to this other place, which is like a beach. Yep. And he's carrying around a little baby in a jar. Which is possibly himself. Possibly himself, who's connected to the beach place so he can like see extra shit. I don't even understand what that's all about. I think that's it. The end. (laughs) (laughs) If it's confusing, then that's what it is. Yeah, but uh, technically, 
artistry wise how good is that game oh it was beautiful it's got the best i think i feel like it might have the best motion capture of any game that i've seen so far oh yeah so it was i mean it got norman reedus like perfect his the way he when I mean, we've watched him all these years on walking dead so his actual way he walks and stuff i mean totally exactly right yeah and the actual acting between two people in it i mean there's a lot of famous people in the game and you recognize every one of them. It's not like they look like dodgy game characters. They look like they look. Really high-level graphics and acting, I would say. Tears roll down people's faces. and mm-hmm. Oh, that one scene where the president guy falls down on his knee and the camera view, quote-unquote, because there's not actually a camera there because he's all CGI, is right up at his forehead looking across the profile. Like the, It's hard to describe, but it's not like a video game camera shot and he's crying and it's really good and mr kojima who made this game wants to make a movie so i say make a movie because he's he's definitely got the director's i know this is called the director's cut but he knows how to you know make a scene interesting so that's death stranding and that's the whole story and it probably isn't that it could also be something completely different right Mm, true (laughs) it just depends how you look at it i really enjoyed the story you know why because it feels like i've just watched a David Lynch thing. And, and I'm like... I love David Lynch. Yeah. So when I've watched a David Lynch thing, whatever it is, I am like, okay, there's about 700 ways to look at that. So let me think about it, you know, for a while. All right. So what's for dinner? Jimmy John. And what is you your advice? It, you, you said it. My advice is... Okay. So kind of like how Death Stranding is confusing. This is going to be confusing. So hang in there. My nephew and I were having a discussion yesterday. He'll be 25 tomorrow. He's very good at discussing. You hear us discussing things, right? So we kind of get into just like really talking about things. And I asked a question. And then I said, I say like, well, that's my first reaction, like my superficial reaction to when someone says a thing, right? And then I feel like, oh, this, that, or the other. And then I think about it. And then, then my real, what I really think comes after that. And he said, no, no, no. Your first reaction, the emotional one, that's the real one. And then when you try to rationalize or think it through or try to make yourself sound better or feel better is the later one. I don't agree with that completely. So I was, I've just been thinking about that. So on one hand, like when you meet somebody and your gut reaction is like, ew, you know, we all know. There's this like either you're totally in love with the person not like in love intimately, but like you're just, you're digging this personality, you're really into them. That's your like first superficial gut reaction to the person. It can be correct, but the reality is then you have to really explore the person, get to know them, and then you'll know the truth, right? Whether or not they're really connected with you. So it's same with an idea. When someone says to me like, oh, life is so hard. It's just so hard and I can't do everything and I'm paralyzed by all the things you have to do and it's just hard and the world is against me. And why is everything hard for me? My first reaction is, oh my God, suck it up. Yeah, it's fucking hard. Life is hard. Get over it. Deal with it. Figure out a balance. Find a way to find a thing that makes you feel better and then do the shit that you don't like. You're going to have to just deal with bad shit, right? That's my first initial like gut reaction. But what that is, a combination of all the biases I've ever learned, the indoctrination to different ideas I've ever learned, my own life experiences, which are, though vast, to me, very limited in the world, right? I've never been a 20-year-old 
in the 90s or the 2000s or the 2020s. I've never been, I wasn't a 50-year-old back in the 80s. So my experience is very limited to who I am and what I've lived. So that initial first reaction is somewhat manufactured, right? It's patched together with all of these things that may or may not be accurate. It's just my first reaction. And then I dig a little deeper and go, okay, okay, why am I being so snotty? (laughs) I'm reacting to myself now. Why am I being so snotty telling people to suck it up, grow up, get over it, deal with it? Where's that come from, right? What am I, why is that my reaction when they're right? Life (laughs) is difficult, right? All the shit. There are big things in life that you, everyone has a choice. This is another discussion, but that's a whole other podcast. But you do have a choice. So when something terrible happens in life, you may, you cannot change the terrible thing, but your reaction and how you cope and what how, what you do from this point forward, it may not feel like you have a choice, right? It may not feel that way. And I'm talking about everything from the most terrible things to just like your car breaking down on the side of the road, like the whole gamut. You still have like the choice, but... When I hear people and I, my, again, my initial reaction is like, oh my God, you're whining and complaining, right? About life being hard. Yeah, no shit. But it's correct. It's accurate. We shouldn't have to jump through hoops to renew driver's licenses and get insurance and fill out forms and do all that shit. I mean, it shouldn't be overly complex and bureaucratic. Like everything shouldn't be a weight on our shoulders constantly pushing us down When in fact, the things we should have to feel really bad about are those big life things, death and illness and injury and real things. I think that that's real. And so maybe I'm an acclimated. I've been brainwashed to think like, oh, everything's hard and it's all shitty. So just suck it up and deal with it. That doesn't cover everything. So my first reaction, that gut feeling, though you can trust it sometimes, Then two seconds later, or by the time you're done spewing out whatever your first reaction is to somebody's whatever it is, stop yourself and think about, "Mm, okay, why do I think this? You can examine it, pick it apart. If you come back to that conclusion, even after really thinking about it, fair enough. But you might actually find, as I did with my nephew, there are things he added to what I already think that will change my gut reaction in the future to those specific things. So that gut reaction thing, I don't know. I don't feel like that's the real, real, real deal. I think you, I think we have to combine the gut reaction to like, okay, now I'm going to overthink it. (laughs) Well, there you go. You know what I mean? Now, is that a reasonable bit of, uh, it's not advice even. That's just me telling you about this conversation. All right. So I'm cutting you off now. Ascoli.com. You know how to play music like on the Academy Awards to get me off the stage? (laughs) (laughs) Ascoli.com is the website you can catch this podcast on. Anchor.fm slash after the show. Spotify, iTunes, wherever podcasts are made and sold. Well, they're made here, but they're sold there. They're not even sold, are they? They're free. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Made or free. Emails are really free because we don't advertise. We don't have any of that. I'm not throwing any shade on anybody. I'm just saying. No. So let's um, say, without any advertising, catch us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Email ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Stay classy, Mr. David Lowry. I can't wait to see what's coming next. And, And, well, I was going to say, and it's Peter Pan, but no, I'm waiting for what's after that, actually. Oh, right. 
And uh, I'm going to say think for yourself. Because if you don't, somebody's doing it for you.